Culture Bucket, the universe's greatest, most favourite podcast, where two great good best friends talk all things popular culture. This week is episode number 122. Um, It's a standard culture catch-up episode. We're going to be discussing uh, what we've been doing recently. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, maybe watch some YouTube videos together. Um, Yeah, we will watch. watch, We'll we'll see the worst hair I've ever seen in a movie in 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 my tube this week. Um, Although I think it's intentional, but God, it's terrible. And um and then we'll, we'll the return of our new feature quizzing at old school which Alex has prepped this week yeah uh, can't wait to find out what um topic she's gone with um and that that'll be that'll be an episode it's gonna be great before we get into it though however um it's pretty important that we grow as a podcast so please can you listeners if you are enjoying this can you go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts Google and Spotify and anywhere else that will uh, take ratings of podcasts. Tell your friends about us, uh, do all that good stuff, talk to us on social media. There are there, There's a link to our link tree in the show notes of this and every episode, which contains links to our social media pages, how to email us, how to find my letterbox page with, uh, if you want to keep up to date with my thoughts on, on recent movies there, and also a page, a page, a, a page, page, a page, page where you can <laughs> buy us a coffee if you'd like to buy us a coffee and support us uh, in some small way financially, that would be appreciated as well so do those things and then let's get into it sounds great good i'm george i'm hosting you today and with me is my co-host and her name is alex hello alex hi george hi everyone alex is currently oh, swinging sorry. a mouse around by the tail i saw a mouse and, it's, and it's, a, it's a extreme lock cruelty. <laughs> it's a lock well it looked like a mouse on the webcam so i'm sorry sorry sorry, really sorry, nice sorry, sorry. To treat our our, our friends um <laughs> our friends mice yeah so culture catch-up yes this is culture catch-up time this is where we talk about what we've watched what we've read what we've listened to and probably some other stuff what have you been doing um i've been in england for three weeks so i managed to go to the cinema many times which has been very exciting many times many times well a few times a few times. A few times. Wow. Yes, a few times. More than here because films are actually in English in England. Woohoo. So um, I went to see a film with you. Yes. We went to a cinema called Watershed and we went to see this film called Past Lives. Yes, we did see Past Lives together. Which yes. We watched the trailer for it together on this very podcast a few months ago. Yes, we did. But um, I didn't put it on uh, because uh, it was very quiet. Yes. Because so. it's a very intense trailer, so it's just like people talking and it was just music. So I didn't put it on, but we did watch it together. So we've been and hyped been, for it. Yes. Like, I've been wanting to watch this film for ages. And I managed to watch it with you, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's um, a Celine Song's directorial debut. She wrote the film. She directed the film. Uh, yes. But it's pretty amazing that this is like her first film, like incredible um, film. Mm, a good start. 
Yes, and is um, Nora and her son uh, uh, live in uh, Korea. I think it's Seoul. Must be Seoul. I think. Um, and they are best friends, and uh, unfortunately, um, they're childhood best friends. And I think they actually are quite, uh, you know, there's a lot of love be between these uh, kids, and um, life unfortunately separates them when uh, Nora gets uh, and her family move uh, to uh, uh, the United States, and they don't hear from each other for years, and then uh, they uh, reconnect. Every few years, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and uh, every twelve years, every twelve years they uh, reconnect. Uh, the first time is um, via uh, Skype, and then the last time is uh, in person. And mm -hmm. it's just basically talks about the connection of these two characters mm -hmm. and uh, how their lives could have been different, but they weren't. Um, it's incredible. It's such a good film. Uh, the end, I cried like a baby. And I think 90% of the cinema did as well. Uh, I hope. Because <laughs> I was literally sobbing by the end. And um, it's so simple, but so powerful. The way that it's directed and the connection between Nora and uh, his song is amazing the way that they're always kind of like in front of each other and looking at each other and the energy they exude is so great mm. and they have beautiful moments it's there are funny moments in the film and there's one of my favorite scenes which is is also in the movie poster i couldn't wait to see it when they had the when they're in front of the merry-go-round mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful scene Mm -hmm. And nothing much is said, and they just look at each other, and they're just so great. And I think there's a there's a scene where I started crying and couldn't stop. Is when at the bar, there's a bar scene towards the end where they kind of realize in which part of their lives there are and how they are connected to each other. They mm -hmm. how they are connected to each other, and at that point, I just started sobbing and I couldn't stop until the end. Oh and my then, God. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he takes the taxi at the end and they just look at each other, I was literally, I, w I couldn't breathe because I didn't want to make a sound. <laughs> but I was like, Ugh! it was beautiful. Such a beautiful film. And um, acted beautifully by Greta Lee, uh, who plays Nora, uh, Tio Yu, who plays her song, and then uh, jo John Magaro, which is the guy you want to hate, but you don't really hate him. He's actually really lovely, who plays mm -hmm. um, uh, Nora's husband. I don't know. Do Like, I want to hate him, but I can't hate him. And uh, I, it's I just... <laughs> Well, I want her to get with a very masculine, tall he sunk, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but you know he he's a good husband, right? He's Seems a very like. he's a very good husband. He understands. Um, he's very he is very understanding. He is yeah, very yeah, understanding. Um, very very understanding. Um, will they? Will I don't know. I feel I feel like this film could continue in a in a separate reality where maybe after 12 years there's another reconnect like another moment of reconnection 
yeah. I feel like this film could carry on in your mind and hope that other things happening. And I, I really loved it. Mm. Uh, you watched it as well with me and also again without me. What did you think of it? I I liked it. I uh, probably didn't quite hit me as hard as it hit you, but it definitely uh, is pretty packs an emotional punch at the end. Um, and yeah, really, really good. Um, I wanted to see it again um, because I was very, very tired the day that we uh, that we watched it together and I felt like I didn't fully uh, appreciate mm. it. And yeah, on a second watch, I got much more out of it. Uh, it's it's like everything you said is true. It's a great movie. Um, it's incredible that it's a directorial debut. It's one of the best reviewed films of the year. It'll almost certainly be mentioned in award season when that rolls around. Mm. And um, yeah, we should be grateful and thankful that movies like that get noticed. It was playing not just in the Watershed in Bristol, which is an art cinema, but in uh, Cineworlds, cinemas and multiplexes and chains around the country. Uh, giving lots of people opportunities to see it. And yeah, that should be, in the words of Martin Scorsese, saving cinema. And it's yeah, good. definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. A little bit of uh, funny trivia. Um, because uh, Greta Lee is uh, an American born from Korean family, Her fam- when she got the role, she felt a little bit maybe awkward that she had to speak Korean and she wasn't really sure if she was going to be good. And her family kind of was was like... Oh, I do even speak Korean, so it's kind of um a bit. She never acted in Korean, so it was quite amazing how she was still amazing at acting in Korean. Yeah, as yeah. someone who can't speak Korean, I was very in, in convinced. Yeah, 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 because she probably grew up with like immigrant parents where she could understand Korean, but speaking is a completely different thing. And also acting in it, I love her. She's oh. she was also in Russian Doll. Very her. good in Russian Doll, small yeah. role in Russian Doll. It's, yeah. But it's great to see her sort of leading a movie and doing so well. Yeah. Maybe we'll see more of her. Good. What else have you seen? Uh, and then uh, still at the watershed, we what we saw a trailer uh, of a film called Fremont. Mm. So I uh, went to see that film. Another uh, kind of love story. Like this week for me is much much love in my in my culture catch up. Uh, yes, very sweet. Uh, I went to see Fremont, uh, which uh, is about um, Donya, uh, who is an Afghan uh, refugee, I guess. Yeah, she would be an Afghan refugee. She used to work for um, as a translator in Afghanistan uh, for Ameri- for the American soldiers. And now uh, she lives in Fremont uh, and she works in a Chinese fortune cookie factory. <laughs> Um, the sweet thing when we went to the cinema, they gave us a, a fortune cookie. Really? Uh, yeah, and uh, there were lines from the um, from the film. There were actual wow. fortune cookies, and wow. it was really sweet. And so it was quite sweet when like your line came out out of your fortune cookie. People were like, "Oh, it's me!" <laughs> um, and yeah, so uh, living in Fremont. Uh, she is struggling uh, to make sense of of her life and uh, she doesn't she can't sleep uh, so uh, she starts going to uh, to a psychiatrist to get sleeping pills but uh, that doesn't work and um, she her job is just packing these fortune cookies but then she gets a promotion and she starts writing 
the fortune cookies. And in a, in a moment, she uh, puts uh, a message on a fortune cookie that maybe will go out there and change her life. Um, it's a wonderful film. Uh, not much happens. It's just uh, Donya's uh, life uh, in Fremont, mm -hmm. uh, in this place full of Af Afghan refugees, all trying to make sense of their lives away from Afghanistan. They don't necessarily want to be there, but they they are there um, because they have to be. Uh, there's a lot of uh, feeling guilty about where they are and if their family is safe. And um, it's, uh, it's really sweet, funny and beautiful film to watch. It's shot in, it's like shot in black and white and it's um, close frame. It's um, so like not ratio, not, not, not widescreen. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like a small rate, smaller ratio. It's in uh, one. 1.33 to 1 aspect ratio. So almost yes. like a, a square. Yes, yes. And it kind mm. of adds to to the kind of feeling of feeling a little bit claustrophobic and not right, which is interesting. It's, 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 it's a nice effect in this film. Mm -hmm. And um, the is I've, I would definitely recommend watching it. It's a really and it's really funny as well like you wouldn't expect it to be funny but it, it is really funny well it's got uh greg turkington in it who's uh, yeah oh my god he's yes he's a very funny odd man yes yeah he's a psychiatrist which is that that is there's some scenes with him which are hilarious more well and, known to blockbuster film fans as paul rudd's boss in the first ant-man movie when he's working in the ice cream yes shop. yes and uh, this is the debut of Anaita Walizada uh, playing the Donya, and she's great. Nice. There's a there's a very nice cameo from one of our favorites, uh, Jeremy Allen White. Um, he's not much. He's not in the movie much, but when he arrives, is really beautiful. Uh, he, it's really lovely, and it's great that even with his success, because he's, you know, he's a successful actor, he can, like, have time for these kind of films. Mm. And um, it's uh, directed by... What's his name? I had it. Babak uh, Jalali, uh, who is an uh, Iranian um, director, producer, and I would like to see more of his films, I think, because uh, mm. that is really, really lovely. Fremont. Nice. Sounds mm. really good. Uh, the trailer yeah. was very good. Yes. So yeah, let's see it. Yes. Um, and then I watched a series. Uh, well, well, no, well, I watched other things at the cinema, but you've talked about it already. So I went to see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Incredible. Two and a half hours of amazingness. And I didn't realize, and I, no, I had forgotten that it was a two-parter. So oh, I was yeah. like, I looked at my clock. I was like, how can this end now? How? And, um, is a part two. I bloody loved it. It was mm -hmm. so, so, so good. Incredible. It's an incredible movie. It's uh, so I good. I watched it again last week and it's just perfect. It's just yes. a perfect film. It's so good. And then it was my double dip bill day. So I went to watch the, I watched Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and then I watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, M M Mutant Mayhem. I absolutely loved that as well. It's completely different. It's definitely more childish, but also so much fun. It was really, really great. Um, 
really great film. Good. What did you yes. think of the art style in that? Loved it. I thought yeah. it was cool. And I know I was in a cinema full of kids. Yeah. Full. Like me and my... I went with my sister and uh, Elisa. We were the only adults without kids, which was weird. Um, it was probably like... It was probably like a movies for juniors screening or something, right? It wasn't though. We no? chose which no, we chose specifically that it was just a a, a film, but yeah, interesting. It was lots I thought it of would juniors. Have been gone out of the cinema. I don't know. Yeah, probably maybe. I don't know, but it didn't say anything. It usually says something. If well, it's yeah, and kids. usually it's like a cheaper ticket, and it's intended for like yeah. Normally it's like a Saturday morning, ten a.m. Yeah, cheap, cheaper ticket. No, this was Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. Mm, fascinating. Um. um but, but I would have been scared as a kid to watch some of that stuff. It was yeah, pretty, pretty terrifying, movie. especially the like the last monster that had full of stuff. It was not mm, bit, bit gory for children. Yeah. I think, uh, really loved it. And yeah. then I did another double bill, uh, where I went to watch Theatre Camp. Ah, oh, what do you think of Theatre Camp? I really, really enjoyed it. I yeah, it's a good film, right? It's so good. Such a good film. Um, you know, you talked about it on the podcast, but I thought it was really great and uh, funny. And Another small but good role from a from a uh, the Bear cast member in yeah, Io and- Dabiri in that film. Yes, and I thought everybody was great in that film. Mm. Um, Ayo the Beauty was probably my favorite character because she was just the most like, "What is this all about?" Because every other character is about theater and it's all exuberant. Well, I really like. I can't remember the name of the character, the actor. He he plays the son of the woman that owns it, and he takes over the theater camp for the summer. And he's like a YouTube influencer. What's his name? Yes. Jimmy uh, Tatro is the actor's yeah. name. He's very very the bit where the kids start singing Post Malone in the audition. Yeah. And he gets up and starts. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes, finally. Yes. <laughs> really makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good film. Really good. And then I watched Barbie for the third time uh, oh, in, in a maxi screen. Because, you know, you saw the cinema that I watched it in, which was tiny. But in mm. England, you have like these maxi screens. And so I watched it and it was incredible the third time. Good. Uh, and then I watched Little Mermaid. Oh, wow. Okay. What did you think of The Little Mermaid? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> you were so cynical about it, though. I absolutely loved it. it looked it. terrible. Um, it, I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, I, I really liked it, but I think certain bits could have been longer and certain bits could have been shorter. Like, wow. they could have been a little yeah. bit more, I don't know, but I thought it was good. I loved it because I loved The Little Mermaid. And, um, yeah. What do you think of, um... The, the the Ariel, whose name I don't remember, the actress. Amazing. Really great. Uh, I thought she was good. And the fact that she doesn't speak most of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ali Bailey. Sorry. Yeah. What did you think of the, the new little rap song that they do about the, the scuttlebutt? Oh, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to stuff that I didn't know about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What do you think about the bit at the end where um, Javier Bardem comes out the water to say goodbye to her and it looks like he's just had a shower because all his hair's wet and stuck to his head? He looks stupid. Do you like that bit? I love it. Oh, I've broken the internet with that joke. <laughs> you did. You did. You did. I loved everything. Like, like if you're not a fan, it's okay. But I just it's just so nice to see it in a way. Good. That's the intention that Disney have, those people like you going, oh, I like the cartoon. This is good too. Yeah. So it's working. It works. And it you works. get all cynical about it before you see it, and then you watch it and you're like, oh, no, I love it. Ah, 
Yeah. It's good. When she does Part of Your World, she comes out there, ah, oh, with her hair. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good stuff. Yes. And yeah. She nearly broke her neck doing that, apparently, because her hair was so heavy. She had so much hair. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> cool, so, um, cool. The Little Mermaid. What else? What else? What, uh, else? what, what else? else? Okay, so then I watched Finally because I was in England and I could get BBC iPlayer. And I know I could get VPN, but it's complicated and whatever. It's not complicated. Um, Shut up. I watched finally uh, Normal People, the series, okay. the BBC Three series, which is just the love story between Marianne and Connor, who come from this place in Ireland called Sligo. They like each other. They, they fall out with each other. They like each other again. And it's about them and them growing up from uh, college to uh, adulthood well university not really adulthood um it's uh you know uh it's really good but also too much <laughs> it's very intense <laughs> i don't know if you watched it no it sounds intense it is very intense and um paul mescal is incredible and uh, daisy edgar jones uh is also incredible they have great chemistry like they have lots of sex scenes, which I was like, "Do is it necessary to have so much sex? Not to be like I'm not like a, I don't want to be like, oh, you know, we shouldn't watch it. Like the the first, you know, I know they like having sex with each other, so I, I'm happy to see the first sex scene, very sexy. But then I think after that, I think we can just not have more sex scenes because I I feel I still feel like they're two actors that have to do this. And I don't know, sometimes I feel bad for them. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Uh, no. Maybe maybe they're fine. Maybe they're fine. I just get really distracted in thinking when there's a sex scene. Um, I get distracted thinking, are they okay? Are they happy to do this? <laughs> well, they're professionals and they chose to, they, they would have read the scripts and agreed to the yeah. role. And yeah. Usually Absolutely. now have intimacy coordinators on certain things. A hundred percent. And I'm sure they had a great time and they, they're probably very professional and it probably felt really mechanical. All I'm saying is I think maybe there was too many sex scenes that weren't necessary. I think the 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 I think the series could have been shorter and better with less sex. Sure. That's me. I'm, I haven't seen it. Okay, uh, but apart from that, uh, that's my only criticism of it. Apart from that, it's really, you know, it's an interesting story about these two kids uh, not really communicating properly how they feel. Uh, there's like mental health, a lot of mental health issues are explored. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, kind of, you know, uh, what your family does kind of repercussions in your life and uh, loss and... Um, growing up it's 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 wonderful in a way it's a really good series and Paul Mescal and Daisy Edgar Jones make the series better um weirdly I didn't know that it would came like I've been wanting to watch it for ages and I didn't realize and in my wish list of my books I have normal people and I never connected the fact that this was from same, a book the same thing the same thing so i've been wanting to read the book for a while and been wanting to watch the see the series for a while and then i realized that it's the same thing so i might read the book mm. two birds one stone two birds one or stone one bird, one bird two stones if you read the book okay what does that mean well because you've you've done two things to experience the same story 
Yes. If you just watch the third series and then you're like, well, now I don't re- need to read the book. Boom, two birds, one stone. Mm. If, you, if you read the book and watch the series, but that's mm. just, you, it's the one thing. You've done it two different ways. Yeah. One, bird, one bird, two stones. Mm. Definitely. It's a, new, it's a new saying. Yeah, beautiful. Um, great thing about the show is this Paul Mesco. You fall in love with Paul Mesco and also you fall in love with Daisy Edgar Jones. They're very attractive people. Yeah, good actors. Like yeah, good actors. Yeah, uh, should have been called normal people but extremely attractive and you're going to fall in love with them att- and be obsessed people. with them. <laughs> Hot people. Hot people. Hot, young, sexy people. And last but not least, I so and going again with romance. I don't know why this week is all romantic. I watched. I watched. I read a book called Open Water uh, by Caleb Azuma Nelson, and this is a first book. It's about these two young people uh, that uh, meet in a pub, but uh, they are um, they kind of have an uh, straight an, an attraction. Uh, a quite strong attraction, but uh, they can't uh, be together because uh, she is um, going out with one of his best friends, and uh, he uh, and he doesn't want to, you know, break the bro code. And uh, absolutely but, not, yeah, never. But after she's a dancer and he is a <laughs> photographer, and uh, they they start having this friendship. Um, and even after that, she breaks up with her her boyfriend. They kind of still not sure if they should be together. Uh, but their attraction is too strong, and they start dating. And it's basically their um, the their the before they start dating and the during they are dating. Um, book about them and their experiences and um it also focuses on the experience of being uh black a black man in in um in london and uh how that can affect the way you uh relate to your partner and um it uh and it's just just a love story a complicated love story is very beautiful, beautifully written uh, and is written in the second person. So the main character is all written in the second person, which is I haven't read many books like this. Mm. And um, it, sometimes it get lost in wordiness and there's a lot of like stuff going on and you get lost a little bit. Uh, but it's, it's a really nice book about this love story and how your environment can change how you feel about a person because of how you feel about yourself it's a it's a lovely book open water by Callum azuma nelson cool sounds good yes yes like a lovely book. and that's it for my culture catch-up lovely stuff yes uh, i'm glad you've got to see some of those films yes me too uh, that, that, that are worth watching and I want to see Fremont. Looks good. So good. Yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah, okay. So I have uh, watched uh, probably less than you this week. Um, but I have a few things to discuss. Uh, I went to cinema to see a new movie, Dumb Money. Have you heard of yes. Dumb Money? Yes, I was supposed to watch I was supposed to watch three films at a cinema, but after the second, I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, fair play. <laughs> Um, shame though because it's, it's I really liked this film Dumb Money yeah. it's uh, based on very recent history um, of the time in like 2019 2020 so during Covid 
where a group of people on Reddit were able to um, sort of create havoc on Wall Street by mm. um, buying lots and lots of stock in the company GameStop, which is a um, a video game retailer in America that everyone expects constantly to fail, but somehow clings on in there, which is what kind of um, makes it... Uh, which is why this ended up being centered around it. And basically the story is the story about how you have hedge fund managers, awful billionaire people on wall street in America who will short squeeze companies where they, they basically bet that they're going to fail. And when they fail and the stock falls, they somehow make money off it. I don't know mm. how it works, but this is it. And this guy, this real guy played in the movie by Paul Dano uh, called Keith Gill. Uh, noticed that this was happening to GameStop and he felt like GameStop was actually likely to um, get over its financial problems. And um, they talk briefly in the movie about how GameStop was able to stay open during COVID by insisting it was an essential business because it sold computer mouse, mice, mm. um, which obviously people needed to be able to work from home. And then, so he told this uh, Reddit page that was called Wall Street Bets. It was full of people uh, to buy stock in GameStop because he thought it was going to be good and it sort of took off and then the stock started rising and the people, the hedge fund managers who had tried to short squeeze it were just hemorrhaging money. Um, and the movie sort of is quite similar to the film because that's quite a, com- like, what a short squeeze is and why this caused the hedge fund man. All this stuff is complicated. I don't fully understand it. I don't want to mm. understand it. Wall Street is awful place. But the movie takes a similar tactic to the film The Big Short from a few years ago, which um, kind of The Big Short sort of unlocked the best way to tell a story like this that's about these huge financial machines that don't really have like a person that you can, you can't hire an actor to play Mm. these stocks that are rising and falling. But The Big Short wanted to tell this story about, and also it affects. The effects of it are so massive. Like this 2008 financial crisis, people across the world were losing their homes, mortgages yeah. were going... Like, there's very difficult to make a movie that adapts that. Um, but they managed it with The Big Short, which is a really... I really like that movie. It's a really entertaining film and really helps you to understand why that happened in 2008. And um, Craig Gillespie has directed this new movie. Uh, Craig Gillespie, previously of I, Tonya and the Cruella de Vil movie and stuff, is a fairly decent director. Uh, it's based on a book by Ben Mesrick, who also he book called The Antisocial Network, mm. uh, which only came out in 2021, because this all only happened about two, three years ago. Uh, and he, Ben Mesrick is the author of the, um, the Accidental Billionaires, which is the novel that David Fincher based uh, The Social Network on. Mm. So um, it's got all his connections to other previous work, and it kind of takes all these in- inspirations and uses it to tell really cohesively this story of these people on Reddit annoying Wall Street by buying all this GameStop stock. And it's mm. it does it in a really entertaining, fun way. The cast is incredible. Uh, Pete Davidson is actually... Like, Pete Davidson is playing Pete Davidson as uh, <laughs> Paul Dano's brother and is is fine in the role. Uh, Vincent Donofrio plays Steve Cohen, this real-life hedge fund, hedge fund guy who's has a live pig in his house that he feeds. Like, these people are just insane idiots. Yeah. Um, America Ferreira, uh, recently mm-hmm. of a brilliant role in Barbie, yeah. um, plays um, one of the one of the Reddit people, kind of you see uh, her experiences as a nurse and how she gets involved in in buying this GameStop stock. Nick Offerman's in there as another one of the Wall Street people. Ken Griffin, 
Uh, Anthony Ramos, uh, recently of Transformers, Rise of the Beasts and of, of Hamilton on Broadway, uh, plays a GameStop employee who gets involved in buying the stock. Uh, Sebastian Stan plays uh, Vlad Tenev, one of the owners of the app Robin Hood, I think it was called, mm-hmm. which is an app that was intended to allow small people to buy uh, stock uh, stocks uh, easily uh, without fees um, to allow people to kind of play the stock market, which is originally what the stock market was intended for. It was intended to allow anyone to uh, to become successful, but it's been co-opted in over the over the hundred years or so by um by these rich billionaire people that kind of mean that no one you know hedge fund managers and stock actual stockbrokers refer to retail traders like people like me and you buying stock as dumb money, which is why the film's called Dumb Money. Oh, okay. And the Robin Hood app was intended to allow people like that to to actually be able to buy stock and things by by reducing fees or something mm. um but and it's in the movie but it, it was a real event uh, they they at one point stopped they turned off the ability to buy stock in GameStop on this app and it became this huge uh controversy because it basically meant that they were siding they ended up siding with the um with the with the rich and powerful who else is in there? Seth Rogen's in there, very good uh, as one of the hedge fund managers, and there's a bunch of other good people. But overall, it's just it's just keeps splitting in between. It's different people, showing them showing them going through this journey of buying this stock and how it how it affects their lives and how it all goes crazy and really centers mm. in on Paul Dano who just he starts by investing fifty thousand dollars in it and and ends up with like thirty million dollars or something by Amazing. the end of it. Um, and now he's just he's just he he cashed out his left public life. He doesn't make YouTube videos anymore. And he's just off somewhere enjoying being a millionaire. And if all the billionaires and millionaires could just take all their money, go and enjoy it somewhere and stop interfering in our lives, yep. I think that that would probably be good. So maybe everyone should take a lesson from Keith Gill. Good man. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I really liked it. Really good film, really enjoyable, really good stuff. Then at home, I watched um, a film called Following, which you may oh, not yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Do you know about this film? Yeah, because when I went to the cinema, I told you that they were showing it... Um... They were showing it at the cinema in Italy because of Oppenheimer coming out. Oh. They were they decided to like release this film at the cinema in like art cinemas in Italy. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So it's uh, and the reason that that connection is because it's Christopher Nolan's yeah. director debut. Mm. Like one of the cheapest movies ever made. I think it cost six thousand pounds or something. Wow. Uh, he made it. He could only film on Saturdays because all his mates were in it and they all had jobs. <laughs> so he filmed like fifteen minutes of footage every Saturday yeah. for a year and then put it together as this film. It's awesome. barely, it's like 70 minutes long. It's just about scrapes over the line of being a film. Mm. Um, no one in it is particularly famous. It stars Jeremy Theobald as um, the main character who's not really given a name. And the other key character is Alex Hoare, who plays Cobb. And mm. uh, Alex Hoare today is, I think he's an architect or an engineer or something. Like, we're not talking um, famous actors at all. Yeah. And basically, we just follow that it's all in black and white. We follow this young man who has decided to spend his time. I think he, he wants to be a writer. Well, he mm. is a writer, but he's unemployed. So he spends his time choosing strangers on the street and following them round to kind of get ideas for characters for his books. And he just watches them from a distance. And um, the film opens with him trying to defend this as not being a creepy pursuit and more of a, an academic one. Uh, mm. But in the end, he ends up following Cobb, who clocks him, and ends up kind of leading him down this dark path of um, involving himself in crimes, uh, bur- you know, breaking into houses and burgling them and stuff okay. like that. So it turns out that Cobb is a burglar. Um, but obviously in the traditional Chris Nolan sense, uh, he was doing it right from the very beginning. Suddenly the movie starts cutting. Suddenly, like as we start the movie, the young man has got really long hair. Suddenly mm. there's a scene suddenly without warning where he's got really short hair. Oh, as a scene, there's another scene really suddenly where he's got like, um, loads of injuries on his face. 
Mm. And you realise quite quickly that he's playing with time and you're seeing the scenes out of order. What, a, what a classic. What a, what a cheeky guy no nice. one is. He loves yes. to do it. Um, yes. So, yeah, uh, chronologically, the movie is all out of out of sorts, which, you know, Memento does that. Interstellar yeah. plays with stuff like that. Um, Inception, like, he just is obsessed with it. Dunkirk plays with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it works here because even with a tiny little budget, he just very cleverly is like, right, well, there's three timelines going on effectively. The mm-hmm. long hair one, the short hair one, and the injuries on the <laughs> face one. And you can sort of put it okay. together that way. Um, and it's, um, it's a good film. It's not like gonna, it's not an absolute masterpiece in, in any way. It's not gonna, mm. it's not, yeah, it, it is what it is. It's a really small, low budget film, but it's the first film from this director who has, who has become massive. And, um, it shows that right from the beginning, he was really pushing himself to make interesting cinema even yeah. with a tiny budget and, and, and almost no actors and stuff, he still might have found a way to kind of make something really interesting and twisty and intriguing that keeps your attention mm. for 70 minutes. Uh, there's a company called 101 Films who's just released it on Blu-ray for the first time in the UK, okay. which is how I watched it. And uh, it's a nice Blu-ray. It comes, in a, it comes in a little cardboard sleeve. It's got a little collector's booklet with it with essays on the movie. Uh, mm. And if you're into physical media, it's, it's worth picking up. And the movie is, you know, it's good. It's enjoyable. I liked it. That's following. Up next... I went to the cinema to see a film called Expe- Expend Four Balls. Expend Four Balls. Expend Is that what it's actually balls. called? It's officially Expend, the number four, yeah. and then B-L-E-S, all as one word. Ah, uh, expe- so the four should be look, look expendable. It kind of looks like an A. Right. Yeah. The, 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 so yeah. When I saw that on your letterbox, I was like, "Why? Why did you go and see that film?" Well, I wanted to go and see another movie. I'm going to talk about in a few minutes, uh, and it was on a bit later in the day, and I didn't want to go home first because it was sort of after work. So I just went to see this to fill some time. Okay. Awful. I've seen Expendables <laughs> one, and I didn't. I remember when Expendables one was coming out. It was all like all these people, all these classic. Like the selling point of Expendables originally was like. You're getting the gang back together. All these eighties action heroes are going to team up and make a make the ultimate action movie, and it's never been that because he's like Sylvester Stallone's the the kind of leader of it. He directed the first one and he's involved in all of them. He plays the main character, and even in the first one, he got Schwarzenegger for like a second and mm. Bruce Willis for like a second, and then the rest of the cast is is bulked out with people like Terry Crews and I like Terry Crews, but he's not, it, like he's not a classic action star. Yeah, coming joining up with he's just Terry Crews and that's fine, mm. but it's not what the movies were meant to be. And I feel like that he's never Stallone has never been able to pull together uh, an interesting cast. And the whole point of these movies is meant to be here's some iconic s- stars of action cinema teaming yeah. up together, and it just never has happened. The first one it didn't happen. The second one comes closest because it has Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis in it for like a sort of a decent-ish amount of time, but it's mm. still not a very good film. The third one has Wesley Snipes added to the mix, but I never bothered watching that one. This new one, almost everyone's gone. The new, the the cast is now, oh, let me get the cast up, because it's, you got Stallone is in there as Barney Ross. All, the, all these characters have awful, awful names. Barney Ross. Barney Ross is your main character, okay. Um, Jason Statham. Mm. Is it now? I, I like Jason Statham. I've got time for Jason Statham. The man is mm. a, is a charismatic. He's not. He's not an actor really. He's a. He's a. He's a big <laughs> hunk of beef. But he's chari- He's got charisma in spades. Yeah. And like I'll watch him in movies. But he's let me down this year because he made Operation Fortune Rudiger, which is awful. 
He made yeah. the Meg 2, which I hated, and now Expendables 4, which is probably the worst one of all of them. Uh, anyway, money, money, money. Yeah, Jason Statham's been in all of these, uh, and he plays a character called Lee Christmas. Mm. There you go. Uh, who's like a, 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 <laughs> the, the, he's a knife expert, is the idea. He's a knife expert, he's second in command to Barney Ross. <laughs> Then you got the some best, some new the people. carver of turkeys. Yeah, we've got new to new to the uh, franchise in this one. We have Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson playing a character called Easy Day. Yeah, that's not even a name. No, that's, what is that? We have now. I really like this actress. Actually, she gets. I think she gets a lot of flack, but I think she's good in most stuff she does, and she's actually good in this. Uh, Megan Fox mm. as Gina, CIA operator. There's a Megan Fox movie. People should watch it where she gets handcuffed to a dead husband and has to survive in this house, and it's so good. And I just think society just sort of ruined Megan Fox a little bit by treating her like like crap. She's too bloody beautiful. She's so beautiful that, like... Like, it can't be accepted <laughs> no. that a, such a beautiful woman can also be a good actress. No. And, you know, and also she... Maybe, maybe she also has opinions on stuff, so maybe that's also wrong. Yeah. She's beautiful, opinionated, so no, she's and a published And a published author. She's putting out a book of poetry. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, my... Soon. That's terrible. George, hmm. just why do you like her? I'm not like her biggest... Everything... I'm not like a cheerleader <laughs> in a big way, but, like, I think she's yeah. good, and she gets sort of... Her yeah. career got a bit derailed. She said some things about Michael... I think it was her that said some stuff about Michael yeah, Bay. Yeah, but Michael Bay, since then, then, it's just then, been like... Yeah, I think she compared him to Hitler, which Spielberg didn't like because he was the... I mean, that all makes sense and she shouldn't have said that. But yeah, it's just a shame. Her career really got sidetracked. Like she, she, The thing is, she chose the wrong words. She could have been a dict- She could have said a dictator and that yeah. would have worked better, but she chose the wrong words because sometimes people do and mm. her career has been cancelled because of the wrong word she used yeah it's a shame but i think she's she's getting back to where she's yeah she's been in some bigger stuff recently but yeah the movie okay. till death which i think is on netflix for a lot of people at least it was uh till death starring megan fox really good film she's good in it go and watch it this film she's fine in but the movie's terrible her character's called gina doesn't even get the grace of a second name um <laughs> she's a woman why does she need a yeah, second name she's she's sort of lee christmas she's jason statham's girlfriend in it but oh my maybe god is, or isn't I don't, who knows oh god um yeah what's the she's megan fox is 37 years old jason statham is 56 he's 56 wow okay anyway dolph lundgren who is a genuine icon of cinema of action cinema he played um russian guy in rocky four what's his name <laughs> Ah, Drago, because you would listen to that podcast, right? Finding yeah. Drago, he plays Drago, whatever. Yeah. Um, I like Dolph Lundgren. Mm. Tony Yar, iconic um, uh, martial artist, is in this. Uh, Iko Uwais, who's uh, in the Raid movies, is in this. But they're not, like, we're not talking the mo- and then This guy, Randy Couture, who I don't even know, is he, in, is he a... I don't know who he is, but he's in all these movies. And he's on the po- his name's on the poster, Couture, as if he's like... It's like a heavyweight champion of your... I don't, oh, I don't have the energy for it. Bad film. Really hated it. Like, it's got, like, two action scenes in it. Um, It's it's basically just got two... It's 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 barely got a story. It's 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 100 minutes long and feels too long at that. Mm. Um, It's just... I just hated it. I'll stop talking about it now, but really, really disliked it. Don't go and see it. And then, because it's October, almost... 
Oh, it will be when this comes out. Uh-huh. Oh, it's October. Today's the 1st of October as we're recording. I love yeah. It. Uh, two horror movies for you. Oh, my God. The Nun 2. Calm down. The Nun 2. Oh, yes. Sequel to The Nun. Set in the Conjuring universe. Directed by... Michael Chavez. Mm. Um, I hadn't seen The Nun. So The Nun is a character that Demonic Nun uh, first appeared in The Conjuring 2 a few years ago. Uh, very, very scary in that movie. Terrifying, some terrifying mm. sequences with this demon nun thing. Uh, then they, they, they spun it off into its own film, The Nun, set in the 60s, starring Tessa Farmiga, who's the younger sister of um, Vera Farmiga, who stars in the Conjuring movies. And um, in the first movie, The Nun is like terrorising this this sort of church, cathedral place, and Tessa Farmiga and another actor go in and they get menaced by it. And it's it's terrible. I, I had never seen it. I watched it in order to go and see The Nun 2, mm. and uh, I really didn't like it. And I was like, oh, God, now, now I'm watching The Nun 2 in the cinema. Uh, the Nun 2 uh, goes a bit further forwards into uh, 1956, so the first one must be set in, like, 54 or something, I think. Mm. Um, and basically uh, the church, the Catholic church, is a Catholic horror movie, the Catholic Church has noticed that priests and people are being killed in this like path across Europe and they think it's this demon that was defeated in the first movie and they get Tessa Farmiga's character that are like, you're the only person that's ever survived this awful nun thing, so you've got mm. to go and find the nun thing and fight the nun thing. And meanwhile, we see um, this boarding school, this French boarding school. Uh, we, we meet a bunch of characters at this boarding school including, uh, what's his name? This guy, Maurice, played by jo- Jonas Bloquet, who was in the first movie. And the first movie basically revealed, ends by revealing he's got a little upside-down cross on the back of his neck, meaning oh. He's, been, oh, he's been possessed. Oh so creepy, weird things start happening at this, um, at this uh, boarding school, and it's all centred around him, and then you kind of see these scary things happening. While Tessa Farmiga and and Storm Reid, who is a great actress, who I didn't know was going to be in this, who's in Missing recently and yep. plays, uh, the the, she plays Riley in The Last of Us season yes. one. Uh, she's great, and I like her in this as well. Uh, her she helps. She's sister Deborah. She's helping Tessa Farmiga kind of track down this demon nun, and then it ends with them arriving at the boarding school in order to have a fight with Valak, the demon nun. And um, liked it, actually. It has a lot of energy. It has a good pace to it. It moves quickly. It's 110 minutes long, and it keeps your attention the entire time. Mm. And in the grand tradition of all good country movies, the last 20 minutes are just people screaming bloody murder at each other, yelling, blood flying all over the place, demons spinning around. Like... It just turns into an insane haunted house show for the last 20 minutes, which is exactly what these movies should do. Uh, and I, I liked it. I'd recommend people check it out. And I think it's done decently well. So that's The Nun 2, one for you, Alex. Yeah, can't wait to watch it. The reasoning behind me seeing Expendables 4 was so that I could then go and see Saw X. Ah, yes. I see Saw in the cinema yesterday, two days ago now. Um, this is the 10th Saw movie. Crazy. Yep. After the after they made Spiral from the Book of Saw a couple of years ago, uh, where they were like, Chris Rock has had an idea for a Saw movie, and Samuel Jackson's going to be in it, and isn't that exciting? And everyone was like, that is that actually yes, that is exciting. <laughs> Chris Rock, he must have if you're making a if you're letting Chris Rock make a Saw movie, he must have come to you with a pretty good idea. Turned out terrible idea. Worst <laughs> like just the worst film. It's bad. 
So then they, the Lionsgate, the people who make the Saw movies, probably went, do you know what, we need to just make another Saw movie again because people seemed excited about the prospect of that Chris Rock one, but then it was a bad film. What if we just make a Saw movie? Mm. The tricky thing about Saw is this, Alex. What? The lead killer, Jigsaw, who traps mm. people in who traps people in traps and then is like... Oh, Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah. Jigsaw. I, Jigsaw. Is that why it's called Saw? yeah. Well, it's oh. called Saw. It's, it's, it works on multiple levels. Yeah, the first movie, Saw I've seen. In, in the, you've saw the film, but in the first movie, the main character has to saw his foot off with a, with a hatchet, to, with a hacksaw to escape from a trap. Wow. So saw in that way, but then the character is known as the jigsaw killer because he puts people in traps and they have to puzzle their way out like a jigsaw. And in the first oh movie, there's God. a thing where he cuts a little jigsaw shape out of their skin, but they drop that. Anyway. Tobin Bell, who's a really great character actor, he's got a great voice, was like, I want to play a game. Yeah. That, that iconic line, that's him. He's the jigsaw killer. He's in the first movie, the second movie, the third movie. The end of the third movie, he dies. Oh. And these aren't supernatural films. These are like, they're not, there's no, there's no magic going on in any of these movies. There's no you coming back. There's you no die, coming back. They okay. killed him off. And that, he's the reason people like these movies. Um, and they dead. kill him off in like a, you see his head, they cut a big hole in his skull oh, and then they drill into his brain. Why? Like Just shut really, up, like George. It's very much, I don't need to, I don't It's know. very much like, this is a dead man now. This man oh is dead. Oh my God, George. Um, Why? Not like Why in Expendables. Why do you like stuff like that? Because it's fun. Not like it's in Expendables <laughs> 4, where there's a scene where a character dies and you're like, well, that he's they're not dead. They're definitely turning back up again before the end of the movie. And they do. Now in this... Saw is Jigsaw's dead, but that was Saw three. How have we had Saw five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Still with Tobin Bell playing Jigsaw. I'll tell yeah. you how because Saw four ends mm. with the reveal that oh, it's happening at the same time as Saw three, and then Saw five is a prequel, and then they do all these kinds of things to keep finding ways to keep having Tobin Bell turn up as Jigsaw. And this movie made twenty years after Saw one. Yeah. It's a prequel. It's a prequel. Oh, my God. Well, a prequel to Saw 2, a sequel to Saw 1. It's set between oh, Saw wow. 1 and 2. I'm so confused. It's, yeah. <laughs> but you, it kind of lets you not worry about if any of that. If this was a drinking game, how many times does George say, say Saw? Says Saw. He doesn't say People Saw. People be drunk by now. Oh, me, yeah. So yeah. Um, it doesn't, it sets itself there, but it yeah. sort of almost tells a little bit of a side story and it doesn't connect itself to any of the films really beyond the fact that Jigsaw's alive in it, so you need to... Da, da, da. It's also, interestingly, the first of all ten movies is the first one to have a positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got like 85%. Wow. Uh, it's also the first movie where Jigsaw, played by Tone Bell, is the main character of the film. Normally you're watching a policeman try to work out what's going on and save everyone before they die in these traps and stuff, and he pops up occasionally to be like, oh, I'm a creepy old guy. In this movie, he's the main character. And the whole wow. conceit of the Jigsaw films to end the Saw movies ends up being he has cancer, he's going to die. He feels like people aren't respectful enough of the fact that they have the life that he's going to lose. So he mm. finds people who aren't, are not living their life the way they should be and he traps them in his traps and if they survive, they then like become his apprentices and things. That's and not and very nice, is it? No, he's not a very nice guy. This movie, he discovers that there is a potential miracle cure for brain cancer. Oh. And if he just travels to Mexico and pays this woman two hundred thousand dollars, maybe she'll she'll um she'll she'll save him. So he goes to Mexico, he has this experimental treatment, he meets all these different there's a doctor and a few other people, patients who are like, They saved my life as well. Um and then he wakes up and they say, Just take just drink this medicine every day for a week and then you'll be fine. 
Uh, but because he's Jigsaw and he's very intelligent, he, he works out where the hospital was because it was meant to be a secret location. He goes there to say thank you to them. And oh no, it's just an empty warehouse. He takes the bandage off his head. Uh-oh, uh, he's never had any surgery at all. It was all a big scam. Oh, so no. he decides, I'm going to put you all in horrible, awful traps and cut your heads off, etc. And he oh. gets other people and he does a whole thing. And it's um possibly the best Saw movie because it it has a really it has the best story it has you know we're following this jigsaw character john kramer played by tobin bell he's a really good act he's a really entertaining presence in these movies we mm. get to spend the whole movie with him in this one and um it really works it's a really enjoyable film it's really like you wouldn't like it it's got some awful people getting their no. eyeballs sucked out by vacuum oh, tubes oh george you didn't even have to say it why um but it's good, oh, and it has a, it has a good twist, which you always need at the end of a Saw movie. Yes. And um, maybe we'll have more in the future, and they have to find out more ways to keep bringing him back and <laughs> finding ways to have him be alive still. Uh, but no, Saw X was really good. I liked it. Like, really, really enjoyed it. So go and see that. Go see The Nun 2 if you want some scary times at the moment in the cinemas. A uh, couple of other things to briefly talk about. Laugh Track, the new album by The National, surprise release oh, a couple of weeks I ago. Oh, I forgot. I you? listened to that what many did, times. Many times? What did you think Yes. Of it? Uh, it's good. Sad. Like, really sad. It's got some very sad stuff in it, yeah. It's, like, it it's... starts, it's like, oh, this is going to be a bummer. <laughs> like, from the first song. And then you see there's Bonnie Vare in it and Phoebe Bridges. And you're like... Oh, Bonnie Vare is in it. Yeah, the third track. Yeah, it's just because they released that track two years ago, so I... I, I've oh, okay. heard that track so many times I forgot that it was a new track technically for Oh, I think I must have heard it already because I was like, this song sounds familiar. Yeah, they released um, it ages ago. It's really weird. And then I've, I've yeah. finally turned up on this album. I enjoyed it. I don't know. I'm getting more into the National. Like, I wasn't into them and now I'm like, I actually quite like them. Yeah. Just just a bit, like, you know, heart-wrenching and sad. And Sometimes that's what you want, though. <laughs> I guess so. Any songs yeah. that stand out as particularly enjoyable? Well, not necessarily enjoyable, but, like, memorable? I really like the first track. It really starts a good, like, it, it gives the tone of the album straight away. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, I, I, every time I, I played the album, I was just like, oh, this is such a good track to just, like, start you off. Um, I really like the song with Phoebe Bridges. Mm. Uh, track. Yes. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's, um, there's a line there that says, let's put the, the laugh track on. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, it sounds really sad. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, it's just like, oh, it's sad. But yeah, it's a good album. I really like Crumble with uh, Johnny Cash and... Yes. June Cash's daughter, uh, mm -hmm. Roseanne Cash on that song yeah. is good. The last track, Smoke Detector, is very good. Yeah. Uh, and they played that. I saw, so they released this album and then a week later I saw them live in Leeds uh, and they were... Wow. One of the best gigs I've ever seen. I was right. I was oh very God. close to the front because I got there quite early. Yeah. They played for two and a half hours, 28 Wonderful. songs, uh, including including a bunch of the, the first track they opened with is Deep End Pause in Pieces, which is track mm. two on this album, which I really like. Um, they played Laugh Track, sadly without Phoebe Bridges there, but they played Laugh Track and that was great. And they played Smoke Detector and Space Invader and all, all those songs were really good. And they were just, oh, they were so good. Mm. And this album's brilliant. It's very different... It's similar in a lot of ways to the first two pages of Frankenstein they released earlier in the year, but the biggest difference is it's a bit kind of more raw. Uh, it feels yeah. a bit looser and it has um, many more live drums on it, uh, whereas a lot of the drums on the last album were pre-programmed drum machine things. I think I prefer this album to... Um... I 
don't know which one I prefer. I, I, I need to give this one more listens because I really like the last one. I've listened to it so much that this one feels less good just by yeah. not knowing it as well. But um, yeah, yeah, I really like it. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's Laugh Track. Uh, and the other one is I've listened to quite a bit to the new Olivia Rodrigo album, Guts. I don't know if yes. you've given that a try at all. Yes, yes. Uh, but that's very good. She's she's yeah. um she's progressing. Uh, she's continuing to kind of make uh like early noughties pop punk alt yeah. rock kind of sounds with her yeah. with her music, but like all past her a, a sort of pop filter. Mm. Uh, and I I like it. It's a really good sound. And like songs yeah. like there's a song on there, getting back, which I really like. Mm. I think that's the best song on the album. But then she's also got um you know vampire, bad yeah. idea, right. And a few more Yeah, I love there. that song. Mm. And you showed me the video as well, which yeah. is pretty fun. Video's good. So yeah, uh, Olivia Rodrigo's doing well. And then finally, finally, very briefly, there's a TV show. It started its second season recently, but I've only seen some of the first season. Uh, a TV show called Killing It. Um, it stars Craig Robinson off of uh, loads of stuff. He was in The Office and other things. Mm. And Claudio Doherty, who was in Love, the Netflix show, if you remember that. She's the Australian actress who plays the roommate in, um, in Love yes. on Netflix. Uh, this is a show, Love her. basically a show about the gig. It's a comedy critiquing the gig economy in America and following okay. two characters who are so like one of them is lit one like Claudia Doherty's character drives around with like a billboard uh, on a trailer <laughs> on the back of her car. And yeah. it's a it's a pyramid billboard like that. And mm. she lives in the between the two billboards on this trailer. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and she talks about how it's crazy. I do. I have so many jobs, but I don't have any money. And then Craig Robinson is sort of trying to start his own business, but just can't and doesn't have any money. And they they te- they end up teaming up. Uh, I assume this is a real thing, but I'm not certain. Where Florida do a competition? There's something where people a few people like ten years ago all in Florida brought baby pythons uh, as pets. And then when they grow, they grow up to be like you know yeah. six foot long snakes. They all threw them away into the into the swamps, and because nothing eats them, but they eat everything, they're destroying the environment in Florida. Oh my god! So to keep uh to kind of cool the population of them, Florida the Florida Floridian government runs this competition each year to see how many people can. The person who kills the most of these snakes gets sixty thousand dollars or twenty five thousand dollars or something. Yeah. <laughs> so in a desperate in a desperate bid to ha- be able to live their lives. Uh, they team up uh, to try and compete in this tournament. And um, it's a really funny show. And it's really, it's a really, in- it's really interesting. Cause it's very, very funny and it's very, very silly, but it's about, a, it's a real, you know, we live in an awful world and the, the pe- yeah. people are having to go out and murder snakes to try and get by. Um, oh my God. Uh, in a, not even to be, they get paid a hundred dollars per snake or something, but like the actual money they want is the, the prize money. And you know, only one, person's gonna win the prize money right or one team so yeah. it's uh it's funny and heartfelt and interesting and i feel like nobody's watching it or nobody's talking about it so go and check I've, out yeah, killing I've it it's it. uh it's cool it's a cool show cool um and yeah that's my culture catch-up nice yeah i love um, it should we move on swiftly to my tube
So I've got, I've got a, tra- a movie trailer for you here. Okay, so we have Argyle in cinema uh, February. Oh, well, we or Argyle? Argyle. <laughs> I'm such a moron. Um, the well, we have something to celebrate today because the the strikes are over. Oh well, uh, some the I the writer strike is over. Yeah. Which so does that great. mean that we're going to get what they got their their they their they needs the, the, met? the right strike is over and they got most of their requests met and Request it's very met. very good for them and it's wonderful. The actor strike is ongoing as of recording today on the 1st of October but okay. presumably as the studio heads are willing to sit down with the writers and 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 come to terms they will next be willing to sit down with the actors and hopefully those strikes will work themselves out as well. Hopefully, does that again, mean that we're going to get the films back? Uh, I don't know if like Dune two. I don't know because that has now lost its IMAX screens to uh, Killers of the Flower Moon and other things. So okay, I, 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 it's still going to be a bit, bit of a weird time for a few months as everything evens out again. And at some point, there will be a bit of a drought because we ultimately have had six months of no productions. So we'll see. Yeah. But it's good that the writers got what they wanted. I hope the yeah. I hope the actors also get what they wanted. Um, and I, I think once that strike is over, we'll get loads of announcements of new things that have uh, come, cool. including apparently a, re- a, a like a reboot of the American Office, which no, why oh, stop that? Um, so okay, wonderful. This times. is this is the trailer for Argyle. It's an Apple film, I think, but it's coming out in the cinemas. It's the new movie from Matthew Vaughan, a director of the Kingsman films, okay. uh, and it's his return to that kind of um, fun spy stuff. But possibly with a little twist. And let's see what you think as we watch the trailer. Are you ready? Yeah. Good. Okay. Oh, Dua Lipa's in it. She is. Oh, and uh, Henry Cavill. Look at his hair. Look at his hair. It's the worst. Okay, so we're kind of like style of Kingsmen, you know. Yeah. No time. Stylish, sassy. Oh, John Cena's. There. John Cena, yes, with bad hair as well. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty funny. What happened? What happens next? It's called a cliffhanger, mother. Really? It's called a. Ah, okay. So is uh showing a show. Yeah, I mean, is it that was a, a, a novel being written by this author? A novel, a novel in a show. Ah, mm. oh, that's why it looked so weird. Okay. Oh uh, What's her name? I always forget. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard is an author, and then we have what's Sam his Rockwell. Name? Sam Rockwell is a spy, and he loves her book. Oh, it's like a bullet train. <laughs> I hope not, but yeah. Oh, like, it's a, a bit. Mm, it looks a bit like Lost in the City. The Lost City. Oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? A little Maybe, bit. Yeah. yeah. Like she's an author and things that. Mm. True. But there's something here to do with the fact that her book is telling the future or something. That's why they're hunting her down. Okay. I want all assets on them now. I need her to write the next Brian Cranston is here? Yes. 
Wow, Sam Rockwell is a very cool spy. We all love Sam Rockwell. Yeah, so it looks like a spy comedy. The cat. Not the cat. Oh. Oh, Samuel L. Jackson is back on the screen as an old man. But there's still some kind of mystery to something. Wow. Hmm. So, this could be good or not. You know when there's a big ensemble, ensemble of like good, well actors. Yeah. Sometimes it's not great. And we've but got we've be. got like the narratives within narratives. Yeah. Uh, meta like I mean when they announced his movie they said that it was starring Henry Cavill as Agent Argyle, uh, and it was based on a novel by Ellie Conway, a, a new author. But then in this trailer reveals meta twist that. That's also part of the movie, is that yeah. she's an old... So, it looks like mm. a mess, but maybe it'll be good. <laughs> it looks like a mess, but it might be good. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Uh, I'm intrigued by it. Mm. Um, yeah. But I'll watch it, right? It looks good enough to watch, yeah. at least. Yeah. Maybe not the cinema. Well, I'll watch it at the cinema. <laughs> yeah, well, you've, you 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 know you know I'm how far I live from the cinema. I do, I know how far I live from the cinema. Oh, a film. I already can see Michael K. Hey, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Uh, shut up. Um, Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. And it's called Dream Scenario. A24. Yeah, so this is a new A24 movie. Stars Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. And being John Markovich vibes on this one, I think. See what you think. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Never seen being John Markovich. Oh, well. Oops. Okay, so Nicolas Cage is an old man in a school that's getting destroyed. A oh, university. He's he's got a weird. He's got a big bald spot. Oh, he's, yes. he's all bald with a. I don't know what you call that when you've got. Anyway. What's going on? Oh. So this guy just pops in everybody's dreams. Have you been dreaming about me? Have I been dreaming about <laughs> you? Yeah. There's like a hundred messages. Somebody wants to interview me. This is strange. Maybe you should take him He's in, in all the dreams. Why is he in all the dreams? Why me? He looks so different. I know. He looks like a normal man. It's really Yeah. Odd. Yeah. Oh, Nicolas Cage is such a good actor, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh, Michael Sarah's here. Michael Sarah. I'm, I'm glad he's back. We see him more now, which yeah. is quite nice. Oh. What a weird, what a weird guy. Yeah. Oh my God, he's violent as well in his streams. You know, fame can come with some less desirable side effects. 
You should be prepared for that. Maybe we should cool this thing off. What? I think this film might give me palpitations, though. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if I'll be able to watch it. It starts off all very funny, but then it feels yeah. a bit sinister now. Guess I'll see you in my dreams. <laughs> yeah, because... Of course not. Wow. Like, I would like to watch it, but I think I will be very tense the entire film. Yeah, man, but it looks... Uh, looks like something... Apparently it's good, I think. I think it's premiered somewhere. I think it's, it's going to be good. Cool. Yeah. Okay, that's some of the film trailers I have to show you. Nice. Um, Would you like to see a music video from Link182? Oh, yeah. Their new, their new song? Have you heard their new song? No. Do you care? <laughs> you, sound like you, you sound like you don't care. <laughs> like I used to like them a lot. I just feel like there's a time and a place, and they were in the time and a place when I was 14. Oh, no, but maybe that's... I'm being negative. I, I think know. you didn't listen to some of their later work on the Untitled album, because that was very mature. Was it good? Yeah, man, it was good. Anyway, this is a bit of a nostalgic look back. The lyrics are... Um, very self-reflective, you know, mm. they broke up, they've come back together recently after a bout of cancer in Mark Hoppus and Travis Scott, not Travis Scott, Travis, Travis Barker. Scott. Yeah. Travis Barker's had, um, you know, quite a few years ago now, was involved in the plane crash, which really affected his life. And they've been through a lot and they've returned, yeah. they've come back together, they've reunited as a trio and the, the you know, they're What's kind my of name think, again? thinking about the time that's passed. What's my so, name again? And the music video itself is mm. reflective of that, nostalgic looking back nature ah. so see what you think you ready okay yeah one more time one more time so it's a sad song mm, maybe so it's a little bit emo-ish strangers oh my god it's crazy seeing your like idols being old mm. Oh, they're back though. Yeah, with more tattoos than before. Oh, he's got Look so at many him. tattoos. That man, looking at him, it's insane. Yeah, he's having a baby with the uh, Courtney Kardashian. Now. He is, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> he looks older. I used to quite fancy him, man. Um, a few years ago. Oh, that makes sense. I can understand. It shouldn't take a sickness or airplanes falling out. Ah, so they're talking about like them being together again. Like, you know, they should have been together before, but Yep. But only like these tragedies got them together. And we're going through all of their past music videos. Yes. Yes, true. Wow. Where's Travis Barker? Hit those drums, man. <laughs> He'll come. Are they start, yeah? Have they started touring again? I'm seeing them in two weeks. No. What are they going to play? Everything. Everything. <laughs> It's going to be a six-hour concert. <laughs> now, all their songs are like two minutes long, so yeah, in and out in about 40 minutes, I reckon. Yes. Oh, they love each other. 
What do you think of it then? Boring. <laughs> really? <laughs> you don't like it? No. <laughs> it's so boring. It's not boring, Alex. It's a ballad. Yeah, but I don't want a ballad from Blink-182. Oh, okay. I want a ballad from Taylor Swift. Well, that's, that's very is this it? Wait, is this it? Like, there's no, like, ratatatata from, from um, Travis Barker. Was that it? That's the song, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, so boring. Want, it's not boring. It's very unfair of you to insist they stay in one oh. line. But if you want, they have this so as well. So George is showing me another song by Blink-182. Wow. There, uh, yeah. Well, this is more fun. Yeah, but they can do yeah. both. They're allowed to do both. Yeah, but, you know, I don't... I didn't like... Oh, do I have to like everything you like? No, you don't, but... That's so It's not boring. fair to say, oh, I want a ballad from Taylor Swift and not Blink-182. Oh, my God. Both I can't say anything can in this bloody podcast. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Well, we have to, dis- I, we have to discuss things. Can't just not talk. I know, but I mean, like, this is more fun. Yeah. And this is a new song as well. They've got everything. It's still boring, though. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, can I not like Big One Two anymore? No, you don't have to like them. No, but exactly. I, I like them. Good. Boring. Not, that's not fair, though. They're not boring. Uh, I was gonna watch. We were gonna watch the video for Getting Back Next by Olivia Rodrigo, but I don't, don't want to do it anymore. Boring. Oh, good lord. <laughs> good lord. Why? What? <laughs> Just, you know, I don't like Blink-182 anymore. Fair enough. Um, so, that was my tube. Yeah. So it's time for Quizzing It Old School now. Let's go to Quizzing It Old School. 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 Okay, so this time it's me. And I'm going to uh, ask you some questions on something you are an expert on. So before we start, I need to ask if you watched a couple of, of the films that I'm... Because if not, I'll ask a different question. Okay. So the, um, the topic for today is uh, slasher films. Okay. I think you're an expert on slasher films. I like to think I like them quite a lot. Okay. So it's have broad, you seen... That's a very broad cut topic. But let's go. No, let's let's, come on. Well, before we start, I'll see if I can use some questions. So have you seen the film Sleepaway Camp? Yes. Okay, wonderful. And and have you seen the film Prom Night? I have not seen Prom Night. Okay, so I'm going to take off that. Sorry. You'll get 10 out of 10. My questions are very easy. I don't think I will. Yeah, my questions are very easy. Okay. So... You haven't seen most uh, any of these I haven't movies. seen any of them. <laughs> Although you didn't... Did, <laughs> no. You, no, you watched Friday the 13th Part 3, I think, did you? No. You did. You did. did I? You didn't like the, the knife going into the flesh. We talked about it. It was like homework on one did of I the Did I watch episodes. it? Yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. God. I probably... Yeah. So I'm going to put that... Um, have you seen the film... Like, I think, Child... 
I child's think you play. Just, yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, I think you should okay, just okay. let's just you should just go. No, no, because if you haven't seen the film, it's not fair. No, like, but I don't want but... you to spoil all the movies that are in the. But don't worry. Okay, so question number one. Okay. Uh, how many people uh, lived with Leatherface? How many people lived with Leatherface? In the in the film Texas Chainsaw Massacre. In the film The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Uh, the dads, the brother, and the grand three. Perfect. Oh, good. Excellent. Tick. Okay. Um, in the movie Scream, yeah. which of the following was not one of the of was not one of Randy's rules on how to successfully survive a horror movie? Okay. Did you write you these will... questions? No. Okay. <laughs> Why? No, it's fine. Did you write the Taylor Swift questions? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't know what... Like, you're expert in things. I'm not... Like, no, it's fine. I, like, no, no, no. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Keep going. I Sorry. had to go around and, like, yeah, search no, I like it. various I quizzes. Wondered, I just wondered how you generated the question. No, because... God. Like, I don't know. Um, okay. So, which of the following was not one of Randy's rules on how successfully survive a horror movie? Oh. You will not survive if you run upstairs. You will not survive if you drink or do drugs. You will not survive Survive if you if you say i'll be right back you will not survive if you have sex the first one running upstairs that's not a rule excellent thank you okay which 1990s teen heartthrob had minor roles in scream 2 and i know what you did last summer in which the her character was killed up Hmm. too easy isn't it (laughs) no it's Um, good i like this good 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 quiz. Keep going. <laughs> uh, okay. Question number four. Okay. In Friday the 13th, part one, who was this Lusher movie series' first villain? Um, Miss Pamela Voorhees. Mrs. Voorhees. Very good. Thank you. Okay. That is the question. That's a, sorry, no, come on. What? As in, in Scream 1, when the killer rings up uh, Drew Barrymore at the start of the movie, he asks her who the killer was in Friday the 13th, and she says, oh, easy, Jason Voorhees, because everyone always thinks it's Jason Voorhees, but it's yeah. actually um, Mrs. Voorhees. Very good. Please continue. So at the moment, four out of four. Yes. What was the name of the summer camp in Sleepaway Camp? Oh, now that's a difficult one. What was the name of the summer camp in Sleepaway Camp? Is this the only question about Sleepaway Camp? Yeah. Oh, but you were going to ask me about the... <laughs> The ending to that movie is insane. It's the most insane ending of a film ever. But you're not asking me about that. Um, but it's got... F- it, oh, God. Uh, the name of the camp in Sleepaway Camp. I I don't know. I've got no idea. Uh, camp Arawak. Cool. No, didn't know that one. Okay. Oh, so four out of five. Yep. Okay. Question number six. What slasher film icon has unhuman strength and uncanny resiliency as a result of an ancient druid curse that was cast upon him? Well, okay. I'm assuming the answer is Michael Myers. Yeah. Okay. That's, is that is could, that wrong question? Well, there was the Halloween the 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 canon what is canonical in the Halloween movies is um is is arguable. There are movies where it's the result of a druid druidic curse. I prefer the movies where it's just that he is a he's evil and no one knows why. But yes, that, yeah, 
So. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. No, it's like... fine. It's not you. It's just it is Michael Myers, but the new movies kind of reset the canon a little bit and, and ignore because those movies are te- the movies. <laughs> there's one called like Halloween Five, I think. It's awful film. It's a very very bad film. Uh, but, okay. Yeah, cool. Okay. Good stuff. Question number seven. Slasher movie icon Jamie Lee Curtis yeah, yeah, yeah. played which character in Halloween? She plays Laurie Strode in Halloween. Perfect. Ah, oh, I'm so Excellent. good at this. Correct. Seven out of seven. So three more. Question number eight. Um, which slasher film has dominated at the box office and is now the highest grossing slasher film of all time? Um, like specific film or franchise? I think it's a franchise. So like the highest, oh, oh, that's a good question. I'm going to go, the highest grossing slasher of all time. I think um, I'm torn between Scream and Halloween. Have to choose one. I'm going to go with Scream. Nope, it's Halloween. Is it? Yes. Yes. So we are... Okay, then, uh, question number nine. In the original A Nightmare on Elm Street, mm. what is Nancy's address? Uh, what is that? What what like what house does she live on on Elm Street? Yeah. Oh, uh, sixteen. No. Oh, okay. One four two eight Elm Street. Good question. That I was. I was. Yeah. Was good, it was a good high probability I was gonna remember one four two eight Elm Street. I you're 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 an expert in this, no? Yeah well yeah, but yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Last question. Uh Friday the thirteenth, nineteen eighty. There's gonna consi- be a question about child's play on this list. Did I take it off? You asked me about child's play, mate. I was looking forward to Oh yeah, I do I'll do that one then. Okay. 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 Um sorry. It's fine. Uh, I've got loads of questions and I had to take some out. So last question. In the Child's Play film franchise, what is the name the media gives the serial killer who is possessing the Chucky dolls? Oh, what's his name? It's like. I can't remember the name of of the character now. I watched all of those like last year. What's he called? Charles Lee Ray. The character is called Charles Lee Ray. Yeah. The name of But him. the media, the media gives a serial killer. I don't remember that. Uh, the Lakeshore Strangler. No, I, didn't, I was never going to get that. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. Okay. Good, good questions. That was o- that, you were very good. Other than that question about what what address she has on Elm Street, that was a terrible question. But other than Why? Because that, who? That's like that's like what? Sorry, I <laughs> thought that would be a question that everybody would know because Why maybe it's really important. Why would anybody know that? Uh, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. So I one, don't, I'm not annoyed two, about it. It's three, just a, an four, five, six. How many did I get last time? Uh, I think you got six or like uh, close to that. Sorry, were the questions too difficult? No, the questions were fine. Not, the aim isn't to get ten out of ten. It should be challenging. <laughs> Other than that one about Elm Street, that was that was. I'm sorry. Questions. I thought that would be easy. Like how how would what world would that be? 
Because maybe maybe that that's like something that is a poignant in the film. It's I haven't not. seen the film. It's very much okay. not. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but it's fine. Cool. All right. I like that. So slasher film. So now, now I need to pick something for you for next time. Yes. Uh, but for now, let's move on and talk about recommendations. I'm going to recommend yeah. that. Pe- no, you go first because it's your, you went first in Culture Catcher. Uh, yes. So I would recommend uh, two films, which are Past Lives and Fremont. Good. Mm. I would recommend a film called Saw X. Mm. Much more fun than the ones you recommended. Um, that's not true and uh the show killing it um i've only watched three episodes so far but uh, i think it's really good and it is interesting to make you reflect on the gig economy in america and stuff like that and it's also funny so watch watch killing it as well and that's that's an episode of the podcast and next time you're going to join us for our discussion of uh season one and season two of the summer i turned pretty yes yes that that is a good show and we're going to talk about it so get it watched if you haven't watched it yet and it's been a pleasure to have you with us we love you very much do go rate and review us and um and, uh, talk to us use our link tree to find out how to do that and we'll see you next time love you very much bye. thank you bye 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 bye, bye. 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 bye.